0: What is going on, everybody? It's me, your host, Nicholas Willard, and this is Almost Canon. Now, if you have experienced the unknown or the paranormal, we want to hear about it. Please share your story by emailing us at almostcanonpod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook, through our Facebook page, Almost Canon Podcast. Um, We're also on Instagram, at Almost Canon Pod. So you can check us out there. But yeah, like I said, if you experience the unknown or the paranormal, please go ahead and send us an email. We'd love to hear it. Also, don't forget to rate and review. You know what? In fact, pause the show right now scroll to the bottom of the page, and leave a rating and review right now. Alright, perfect. We are an independent podcast, and because of that, ratings and reviews are especially important to us. Uh, We're not backed by some sort of station or channel or big name, you know, podcaster or, or YouTube channel, you know. It's just us. There's no sound crew or editing department. Uh, well, we're not. I'm not pushing the research onto anybody else. You know, it's it's literally just me and my wife producing this podcast from our home studio and trying to make it noticed in a sea that is full of, you know, some pretty big name podcasts. And above all that, you have the algorithm. This is where the ratings and reviews come in handy. The more ratings and reviews you get, obviously, the more, you know, the easier it is for some random person who's just scrolling through, you know, trying to find a new podcast to find your podcast. So that is exactly why ratings and reviews are extremely important. So please leave a rating, leave a review. We will appreciate it so much. Um, We'll shout you out on the next week's episode. And you can sleep good at night knowing you have done your good deed for the day. Alright, now that all that is out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Alright. So there were some pretty exciting things that have been going down just in this past week. Um I had I had joined a couple of like face Facebook groups, just you know, like um for some of the 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 local cities around us, it's semi-local, you know, I, I I I'm I'm pretty sure you know listeners know, but I live in the middle of 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 nowhere, Vermont. Our cities are like um, towns in in most states. <laughs> so you know, I join these groups in these um, in these Vermont cities or these larger town areas, townships, um, and I, and I I put out the call. For paranormal stories, you know, if you have encountered the unknown, um, send us a message. We want to hear your story and blah, 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 blah. And, in one of them, Bennington, Vermont, uh, and I didn't do this on purpose. You know, this is where the Bennington Triangle is. And I did this to several towns around me, several bigger, bigger towns. And, um, what we would consider cities out here in the sticks, um, and above all, Bennington, Vermont, where the Bennington Triangle is, uh, just blew up. You know, people were sending stories left and right. Um, I even got contacted by a reporter from the Bennington Banner, uh, supposedly in the paper today. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Uh, I'm going down to that area this Saturday, hoping to to film the location where, where Paula Weldon... You know, was last seen at the the long trail, trailhead. Um, just gonna bum around there for a minute, film some stuff, you know, maybe some, maybe get some bonus content in. But, uh, while I'm down there, I'm gonna try and find one of these Bennington banners and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if we are in the paper or not. But anyway, like I said, tons of people got a hold of me. Um, and I was going to put this off, you know, I, I had I had some, some people who wanted to come on the show and tell their stories and I was going to have one on this week. However, he is sick, um, much like myself, which reminds me, today is Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving to all of you, uh, whether you're American or not. We're going to eat some damn good food today. All right. Like I was saying, I was going to have someone on. But they were sick, so they didn't want to come on tonight. Um, so I decided to move this episode up to this week. Now, I wanted to have uh, Jason Ingalls from, from Pine on to talk about this stuff. However, he wasn't able to come on at the last minute. It was a last minute thing, um, which I understand totally. I mean, this is... It's definitely not what I had envisioned. However, I think it'll be good. You know, just as good either way. So, let's get into some of these these stories that some of these people uh, had messaged me. Now, I kind of broke the first couple groups, the first couple stories into groups because I got some pretty wild stories from this Willow Brook Apartments. Now, I looked this place up. Uh, it's on the, the edge of a swamp, and it's not far from Glastonbury Mountains. Not far at all. You know, there's like a, a highway in between them, some woods and a highway. Now, this first story I, I have here is by a dude named Shane B., um, and I believe it could be a possible dog man sighting. All right, so here's a story. I moved here to Vermont in 2017 from the Boston area. I woke up just about 3.30 in the morning for work, and, a, and at 4 o'clock, I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. I stepped just outside my door and lit my cigarette, and just then, to my left between the two apartment buildings, I saw what I can only describe as a hyena-shaped animal with a big head, long snout, wide chest, Long front legs, and its back legs uh, were shaped kind of like a uh, kangaroo. So I'm 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 envisioning this, and I'm I'm picturing them, uh, you know, almost like like it's gonna pounce at any minute, you know, type of position. It had little to no fur, and was probably up to about his waist, maybe about four feet tall. It walked so fluidly. Uh, for the way it looked he dropped his cigarette um and thought what the hell am i looking at it went across the parking lot into the baseball field uh he said he didn't see it jump the chain link fence but he heard the fence shake and he heard it hit the ground uh he said about a year later he talked to a game warden who most likely thought he was crazy um I I have come to realize that the Vermont State game wardens, at least, they're really the only ones I've ever dealt with, Um, they don't have, you know, such a wild imagination. (laughs) They're kind of stiff. No offense to any game wardens out there. Um, But yeah, he says, that's what happened. I definitely didn't imagine it. It was the most bizarre-looking thing I'd ever seen. Uh, I think about it all the time. I'm happy, he's happy he didn't go straight out the door to start his car that morning. Um so so I went and I showed him a picture of of this this beast. You know, it was from out west called the Shunkawawarkin. Wawarkin. Uh I think I think it I I forget which uh Native American tribe it it's out of, but I believe it's like dog eater or something. It, you know, you can translate it to dog eater. Uh but it resembles this chunka Wawarkin, you can look it up online, someone had actually shot one, and they they had it stuffed and mounted, and it was on display for the longest time, and then it was lost, um, and they say they refound it, and you know, it's back on display, but the one that's on the display looks nothing like the original one, um, however, this creature looks ex- almost exactly like a hyena, it's like a, a cross be- between a hyena and a wolf, and that's... What instantly came to my mind when he told me this story. Um, and then I asked him if he had ever heard of the dog man. He said, Yes, I have heard of the dog man. I've seen the videos on YouTube and pictures. Uh, he says, He says he's heard that, that there is a horrible smell associated with the dog man, uh, but he didn't smell any bad, bad smells, you know, nothing dramatic like that. Um, he said it just happened so quick. Mostly what he thinks about is the way it moved, how, how strangely it moved. Um, he said he could definitely see its front legs were longer than the back, not much hair, uh, on the creature. He wishes he could have seen how it got over the fence, but it was too dark in the back of the field. However, he does, like I said, he does remember the fence rattling and the sound of it hitting the ground. Uh, There's a good-sized swamp over there. It's in Willowbrook Drive in Bennington, Vermont. If you look on Google Google Earth, you will see the bit of the woods and swamps. And I did that. I looked on Google Earth, and you can see the swamp and the field and all this. And that is, you know, that's where I obviously saw That's not close from, you know, the Bennington Triangle area, Glastonbury Mountain. So... That obviously got my attention. That's a very interesting. You don't, you know, when 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 people reach out to me about stories, oftentimes they're about um, ghosts, you know, or, you know, evil spirits, that that kind of stuff. Something that somebody raised while playing a, a Ouija board or something. You don't. I don't often get um, cryptid-like creature sightings. So I, it was a very interesting story. And I don't recall any stories like that coming out of the Bennington Triangle either. So I had another lady get a hold of me, Cindy L. And I believe this could be like maybe even a possible demonic entity. Definitely some sort of evil spirit. Um, And she says, not sure I care to share on here, but here it goes. There is an apartment in Willowbrook that is so haunted that I called the police back in the 80s. I was alone with my children when there was a stomping up my stairs and then a loud banging on the wall. Um, We were all downstairs in the kitchen. I rushed them out the front door and called the police. The officer searched everywhere and no one was inside, but the officer asked me if I had a plant hanging in the window in the master bedroom, and I said yes. His face turned white while telling me this, uh, while telling me, It was on the opposite side of the bedroom under my desk and in the trash can. So then I asked uh, if she thought that this was a person or something else. And she said it may have been a person at one time. Many things happened there. uh, But that was the only time I actually called law enforcement. I believe things were conjured up by using a Ouija board, which I burned. um, And all all activities seemed to stop. Someone then asked if it could have been a lady who burned to death in the apartment complex at one time. Now, obviously, didn't get any details on this, however. But but Cindy goes on to say, I don't think it was a lady at all. It was definitely a male entity, um, and these are my words, not hers. It was definitely a male entity gaining, you know, that was gaining her trust. which apparently could be comical at times and she believes that was just you know trying to keep her attention and while she also made contact with other you know spirits on the board this this male entity took over quite a bit apparently um so yeah i mean i tried to get more information from her but she really didn't want to talk about it um so that's cindy's story then you know Another story I got from this Willowbrook apartment was just a random... Someone just saying something random. Uh, They were talking about a friend, how, you know, this friend has some other stories from the Willowbrook apartment because he can remember one of his friends telling him uh, that he was in the shower listening to music and something grabbed his ankle and how he thought it was another friend, you know, just messing around with them. uh, But it wasn't. There There was nobody else there. So something grabbed this kid's ankle in the shower Uh, And then he goes on to say that he was told when he was younger that Willowbrook was built over uh, a cemetery. Now, I don't know. I I tried to look around on the web for any history of this Willowbrook apartment complex. However, all I saw were, you know, things about renting uh, a room, you know, renting an apartment. I didn't see anything about the history of the building. Um... So I, I don't know if that's true or not. However, it seems like there's a lot of activity coming out of this apartment complex—not just one single apartment, but several, as well as the grounds. You know, whatever that 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 animal creature was—that obviously wasn't in an in an apartment. It was on the grounds. Did it come from the triangle? Did it come from uh, the Willowbrook property? I don't know. You know, we'll probably never know that. And Then. I got another heap of heap of stories from the old mill. So I wanted to go over a quick history lesson uh, of the Bennington area and their mills. So the first grist uh, and sawmills, and a grist mill turns grain, you know, into flour, were built in 1762. And then by 1784 and 1792, saw the addition of two fulling mills. The Bennington Cotton and Woolen Manufacturing Company was established in 1810. And most of the smaller mills would disappear by 1837. But, but, But by 1852, the railroad had reached Bennington, bringing in big names with big money. One of which uh was a man named Henry Bradford who, who uh bought up the old wooling mill and converted it uh to make an underwear and a hosiery factory, uh which apparently Bennington was well known for. Um and I guess they were also well known for manufacturing steel carpenter squares squares instead of you know the wooden ones. Apparently somebody had gotten a patent to make steel carpentry squares. Um, so they, they were making those, too. Uh, you know, you, you would imagine that something like that, somebody would have thought of long before uh, someone in Vermont ever thought of it, but who knows. Um, after the Great Depression, the mills would never return to their former glory. However, some of them, you know, some of these historic mills still survive to this day. Mills like Brown and Gage Foundry, which is now, you know, an office block, The Eagle Iron Works, which is now retail space. The Bennington Machine Works, which is now an apartment complex. And the Big Mill, which is still operated to this day. I don't necessarily know if that's to this day. But at least in the 1990s, it was still operated uh, in some capacity. And that is the mill that I believe these stories take place in. So, you know, a lot of these people, they hit me up with their stories and then they bounced out. I couldn't get any more information from them. But I believe these next stories take place at this uh, big mill location. Alright, so here's one. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, the sender wants to uh, remain anonymous. And I would like to throw out, you know, a warning beforehand that this, you know, talks about suicide suicidal thoughts so if that is is something that may trigger you please you know skip skip forward several minutes um i feel like i just need to bring this up real quick um it has nothing to do with ghosts or the paranormal or anything like that however i am a strong believer in therapy now this is a fight i often have at my own house as my wife does not want Therapy, she, she refuses therapy, however, I'm always trying to get her to go. So, uh, therapy is no joke, it's not something to, to laugh about, you know, you, you, growing up we were always kind of taught that if you had a shrink, you know, there's something wrong with you, um, you're not right in the head, uh, you, have, you know, you have problems, blah, 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 however, you know, in today's world, and even then, there's nothing wrong with therapy, at all. You know, it's actually quite helpful. Even just the fact, you know, even just talking about whatever's stressing you out um, is an immense help. So if you are having suicidal thoughts, please contact somebody. There there are tons and tons of, of resources out there to help you out. Uh, let's get back to this story. <laughs> you know, that, that was a real downer. Sorry. Um, all right. I have always struggled with depression, and I have, and I unfortunately am no stranger to the thought of removing myself. At this time in my life, I was doing okay. I considered myself to always be battling depression, but at this particular point in my life, I was doing okay. I was content with sticking around. One of the biggest things that always kept me here is the thought of someone I loved finding me. This may seem irrelevant, But it is important. I used to work in the attic of the mill. We would pack boxes and stack them in the wings. Uh, It's unfinished, so there is a lot of dust, beams, wood laying around. Exactly what you'd, you'd picture about the attic of an old factory. There was always a lot to look at up there. There was always a lot to look at up there, but having spent a lot of time there... I was pretty sure I saw everything. I was working with my boyfriend and nobody else. He left the floor via elevator to go find something and almost instantly after he left, I noticed a rope hanging from one of the beams. It was almost illuminated as if every light went out in the attic but the ones near the rope. My mind instantly went to hanging myself but almost as if someone inserted the thought in my mind. Then, almost as if being persuaded by my own thoughts or by someone whispering to me, but in my own voice, I caught myself thinking, the first person to find you would be your boss. I wasn't working with my boss, I was working with my boyfriend. I tried to look away from the rope, but I literally couldn't. It was blinding and obvious, almost urgent. I needed to hang myself, not a want, but a need. Thankfully, Clayton came back upstairs and said I looked visibly shaken, and when asked what happened, he moved the rope, and I didn't see it again. Then we left, and I never let myself be alone up there again until a few months later. The attic is long with an elevator and stairs in the middle, At each end, there are two huge windows. I was working with my best friend and her then boyfriend, but they left the attic to get supplies. The rope had been moved and it was very busy, so I let myself stay. I was working about 20 feet from the big window in a rolling chair. I noticed how beautiful the window was and caught myself wanting to look out it. When I did, all I could think of was the fall. Nobody would survive that fall. Noticing the directions my thought were going, I distanced myself from the window by pushing myself backwards in my chair. But I was still mesmerized by this window. I just remember thinking you could see the best views from this window. What an amazing last thing to see. So this person believes that it wasn't her thinking these thoughts. It was something putting those thoughts in her head. Now, just hearing that story in itself, you may not think it's paranormal at all. However, I have received countless stories and just people just saying, "Oh yeah, it's so haunted up there." You know, so scary, something evil up there, blah blah blah. blah that you know, when I hear that story, I almost uh, the, the first thing I think of is an evil spirit of some sort or maybe even a demonic entity um you know, that was that was created by, more, I'm, I'm willing to bet that the, you know, the working conditions within those mills from the eight, late 1700s, you know, throughout the 1800s was not pleasant at all. Um, I read in an article that they were looking for people to move to the area to work these mills who had children, and the more children you had who could work the mills, the cheaper your rent would be. So you, th- th- those are the kind of conditions we're talking about here. Um, children working in these mills. <laughs> so you can just imagine how, how wonderful of a work environment that would be. Um, so yeah, when I hear this story, you know, I do tend to lead towards the evil spirit act- aspect of it in a way from the um, suicidal thought being her own thoughts. Uh all right, so here, here's another story from from someone named Donnie C. I had a friend that worked third shift at the Vermont Bag and Film. My other friend worked first, sh- worked first shift, and on a few times I would go to the mini-fridge and take his Mountain Dew, then leave him a dollar bill in the fridge. So this guy goes on to explain how, you know, him and his buddy, they're in, like, this, the break room of this, this mill, uh, and one of his coworkers goes to to use the bathroom, and he gets up to, to grab one of these Mountain Dews. Um, so my buddy says, I'll be back in a few, going to use the bathroom, and when I grabbed the fridge handle, it felt like a full-grown man ran up behind me and pushed me. Uh, it got real cold, and I heard a loud breathing down my neck. Then, in a not-human voice, uh, And then, in a not human voice, I heard, Get out of here. It scared the crap out of me. And when I turned around, there was nothing there. I heard for years the night watchman uh, had hung himself in the bell tower. I've been in that building a lot over the years. Before that and after that, nothing ever bothered me again. That was in 1995. So, those are two, you know, two of the main encounters. That I had received uh, from you know these these Facebook messages and these are Facebook messages so they're kind of hard they can be hard to interpret um, but a lot of the other messages messages I got from the mill were like oh yeah it's so haunted I've got so many stories from being there and I had countless people tell me this but obviously none of them shared their their encounter you know but I did get quite a few kind of like one-off encounters you know from people's just people's houses and, and things like that and one I got Was from Bromley Ski Resort. Which isn't necessarily in Bennington. Um, It is a little while away from Bennington. However, when I go to Bennington, we have to drive uh, past Bromley. So, I consider (laughs) Bromley uh, part of Bennington. In in my own Vermont mind. Alright. The lodge at Bromley and the Wilburton Inn are both haunted. Uh, This guy had many experiences in both, and a lot of other employees have as well. So then I kind of asked him to elaborate. Uh, And he said, Bromley Lodge, right next to the Bromley Mountain, uh, where they ski. He cooks breakfast there in the winters. Uh, Motion lights in the hallways will turn on randomly. Uh, He's always seen the figure of an older man standing in the corner um, you know, just out of sight, you know, the corner of his eye, things like that. And he once stayed the night there, uh, during a storm, and the next morning told the front desk guy, uh, whose apparently name is Rob, uh, he said, thanks for putting me next to a room full of kids. They were running up and down the hallway all night. And then this Rob guy says, uh, the floor was empty. You were the only one on it. Um... Another employee of the lodge had someone tug on a shirt while cleaning a room. And then somebody apparently named Terry C. had many creepy experiences over the years. Um, and I guess the lodge had just sold to new owners and the activity has increased um, with, all the, the new rep- with all the new upgrades. You know. And that's something we hear about all the time, right? You could have like, you know, a little bit of activity in your house, but the second you go and start knocking down walls and building additions, the activity picks up, and, and, and more often than not, uh, goes from being you know uh, some moved keys or you know lost TV remotes to to scratches. Uh, being, you know, having your leg pulled while you're sleeping, having the sheets pulled off of you, you know, things like that. All right. So I'm going to read off some, you know, shorter one-off encounters that I have. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to fix it up as I go because, you know, these, you know, these people, they, they, they write these comments really quickly. Uh, and, and sometimes they can be hard to read. So I'm, I'm going to make sure to get the gist Of what they're trying to say uh, out there. And that it makes sense. So this is coming from uh, Lieny H. She says, this is no joke. When I was a young girl living on Overly Road in a trailer. We heard a big thump, 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 thump. Coming from her brother's room. They went in to investigate. And there was a small chair that was jumping up and down. And they could see something raising the uh, linoleum flooring from underneath. And it was... It was beginning to crack so her stepfather went under the trailer to see what was underneath and there was nothing uh, there's nothing there and that when her brother woke up it just stopped and uh, to me that sounds like some poltergeist activity like this this you know you, you often hear how poltergeist activity is uh, the result of of you know teenagers going into puberty and somehow they're able to to interact with I don't know if this the spiritual world, um, like the metaphysical world. I don't know what it is. I don't you know, obviously science doesn't know what it is, but you know, if it whatever it was, it was connected to him, you know, he wakes up and it stops all of a sudden. But like imagine uh hearing this sound, not knowing what it is, going into your brother's room and seeing the floor beneath this chair rising up and down. Like so, so hard that it's literally cracking the floor underneath this chair. That, that is pretty creepy. I don't, I don't even, I don't think I would uh, go under uh, the trailer. Like, I, gi- I give her, her stepdad, mad props for um, uh, going under the trailer to uh, check that out. I probably would have just, like, stomped my foot on the floor or something, you know? <laughs> um, Alright, this next one is from Brenda K, who is living on Chapel Road my youngest son saw a man in the house and one night he said that he that this man wanted him to go upstairs with him uh however it was a trailer and there was no upstairs apparently her son wouldn't sleep in the bed you know in that bedroom anymore uh because he would see this man off and on um first thing that came to my mind was is this a real person obviously right um but i'm gonna trust that she obviously knows what she's talking about you know it's not that hard to to tell the difference between a ghost man and a a real man so i'm guessing what she's you know what what she's talking about is a ghost man now i don't blame her son for not wanting to sleep in the room because i wouldn't want to sleep in that room either uh Especially if there's a ghost man standing in the corner, corner watching me, wanting me to go upstairs. Where's the upstairs? There is no upstairs. What the hell's he talking about? You know, uh, it, it, it's very creepy. Like, um, uh, does this, you know, I'm just gonna say it. Does this, does this man want you know this child to die so that they can go to heaven or, or into the sky? Was this an alien? I don't know. It's, it was just strange, strange request to hear especially when there is no upstairs you know or maybe i guess there could have been a house at that property at one point that had an upstairs uh and then that makes me think what went on in those upstairs however that's just me i uh, you know i have no way to know if there was ever a house there or not all right this next one comes from laura b my friend and I saw what I could only describe as a monk looking figure floating down the path of some trails behind southern vermont college s v c you know, and I've got countless 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 uh people telling me how weird, crazy shit happened at Southern Vermont College. There was so much it was so hard to um. Collected all. There was just so much random stuff everywhere. Uh, but yeah, so they they saw this monk figure when when they were were kids. Uh, it froze us in our tracks. We watched it glide down the whole trail until it went behind the tree line and out of sight. Uh, I was so terrified. I had a fear of monks growing up, which was always a weird one to explain. You know, like most people are afraid of clowns. Because they watched it when they were, you know, probably shouldn't have. Uh, I've never heard of someone being afraid of monks. But I guess if you saw one floating down the path towards you, I guess I guess that could be pretty scary, you know? Um, nearly ten years later, my dad was recounting my story to a friend of his who had once been a student at Southern Vermont College. His friend matter-of-factly told him... It sounds like she saw the black hooded monk. Uh, Turns out, it is one of the more commonly seen apparitions, among others, at the former Southern Vermont College campus. I have grown up on those trails and never seen anything since, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. So yeah, I don't know what it is about this Southern Vermont college, but... (laughs) From the amount of uh, comments and stories I got, like, there's something going on there. Uh, So I just did a, you know, I quickly looked over, uh, you know, did some quick Googling, and this is from a a blog called uh, These Mysterious Hills. Um, All right. The college is housed on what was originally the estate of Edward Hamlin Everett, who purchased 500 acres from the John Holden estate in 1910. Everett lived in the Benning- lived in Bennington for most of his youth, leaving in 1869 to pursue wealth further west. He was not disappointed. He gradually purchased purchased up all of the American Bottle Co., and in the process of trying to cut costs on the glass fires, he pr- prospected and became the first person to strike oil in Ohio. In 1886, he married <clears throat> He married Amy King, the daughter of a Newark aristocrat whose glassworks factory Everett had just acquired. Along with homes in Newark and Washington, uh... Not to forget the Chateau in Vevey, Switzerland. Times were good for Edward. He built himself a marvelous summer mansion in Bennington. Legend has it, not long after, Amy drowned there while swimming quite unexpectedly. Some say freak accident, some say suicide, some say murder. According to her obituary, however, Amy King Everett died... At their Washington home, in March of nineteen seventeen, she had suffered from a prolonged, unnamed illness and died following a severe operation. In nineteen twenty, we don't need to read this, but it is kind of interesting to follow this dude's his, uh, you know, to follow this dude and and the uh, what would eventually become. Uh, Southern Vermont College. So this this dude remarries a younger woman, right? He has three children with his first wife. When she dies, he he remarries a younger woman and has two more children. Uh, and then on his deathbed, he leaves everything to his new younger wife and their, you know, these 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 two new newer children, and leaves a tenth of his wealth to his three original children now they end up fighting in court saying that his new wife you know had um exercised undue influence on him and you know this 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 court battle was apparently dubbed the battle of bennington's millions or the second battle of bennington you know and they went back and forth and blah blah, blah you know some some um uh uh, attorneys became well known and blah, blah 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 but it turns out in the end the th- you know the three children got their fair share while the new wife and the two other children you know got their fair share so yeah that, that's kind of like the history of um southern vermont college's campus now i would you know there's all sorts of different sp- spooks and spectres crawling around on this on you know these, these these college grounds. However this mysterious hills blog spot mentions one shadowy figure that wears dark hooded robes lurking around the edges of the campus at night. Students sometimes speak matter of factly about the black hooded monk. This has become associated with the fact that before Southern Vermont College, the estate was the site of St. Joseph's School, which was a Catholic seminary. Um, so this, this, this website goes on to talk about writer Hal Crother, uh, who gave an account of a bizarre incident he witnessed in 1962 while he was attending Williams College. Uh, so apparently he was in Bennington one night, and him and his roommate were approached by some girls who invited them to a spot where they were blindfolded and led into a wooded area. When the blindfolds were taken off, they found themselves near a pond abutting a stone wall surrounded by dark-robed women. As Crother described it, there was some chanting, not in any language I knew, and I had studied Latin... Then one woman got up on the wall, took off her robe and dived into the pond uh, as if it was very deep. And here's the strangest part. She didn't come up. Crowther later says the girl he later says he saw the girl alive in Bennington and was never sure what to make of the experience. Now one of the commenters on this um Mysterious Hills blog spot says I grew up in Bennington, and when I was about 12, my best friend's babysitter told us that there was a secret society of Satanists in Bennington and that the second wife of Everett was a member. She told us that they spoke to her at Everett's mo- mausoleum in Park Lawn Cemetery at night, so me, so me and my friends went there one night and waited Sure enough, a single file line of figures wearing black hooded robes and carrying candles came out of the woods while chanting. We hightailed it out of there. To this day, most people don't believe us. I'm glad that others have seen them too. So, um, I'm just, I'm going through these comments on this this page, and there's so many. There's comment after comment after comment. seems like the third floor of the Abbey Dormitory uh, seems to be excessively haunted. It se- <laughs> there, there's one that was pretty interesting. Let's see if I can find it again. Uh, it's really a relief to know that others who attended SVC and slept in the third floor loft room heard the dragging sound. It woke me up one night in 1978, and I stayed frozen in my bed. My roommate eventually called out my name and asked if I had heard it. I could barely answer yes to her. We also heard footsteps between the dragging sound. Sounded like someone was dragging a chest or piece of furniture across the floor. Then would walk back across the room only to do it again and again and again. Too perfectly systematic for, you know, to be a human being. There's just story after story. Here's another one. I attended SVC. Uh, from fall of 75 through June of 77. We were the first class to reside in the third floor of the Abbey. Um, I had one of the loft rooms that I shared with another girl. We had our beds upstairs and our living area downstairs. It was a great dorm room to have. uh, During a cold, snowy winter evening, with the windows shut and locked, I heard dragging sounds in our room downstairs. My roommate and I... Came downstairs to find nothing. But the window was wide open. The only way to open it was from the inside. We had not done this. She did not think anything of it. But I had the most uneasy feeling about that night. I, it never left me after that until I moved. There were other things that happened in the basement. We had a little snack bar and I had the key to it. We would sneak down there at night for a snack and... And always had the feeling that our security guard was watching us. And then we would see him up on the third, second or third floor. As far as the grounds were concerned, does anyone remember one of the statues that was of a beautiful woman with what I thought was a ribbon that went around her waist to the back and then discovering the gargoyle head on her back? There were also very small altar areas that had a lot of overgrown vegetation on them. My list could go on and on. Here's here's another cool one. I went to a program, uh, Upward Bound, back in 1988, and we spent our nights sleeping in the castle. Back then, there were plenty of nights where things happened, like loud sounds that sounded like iron gates were slamming back and forth and people coming up the stairs when no one was there. Even had fog above our beds towards the ceiling coming down on us. It was one experience I will never forget, and that happened 20 years ago. Even found a cave beneath the stairs that was leading to the outside. The stairs had hinges on them, and we found a release which led to a tunnel, which led to many tunnels. They are there, believe me. Now, I know this, this story, uh may sound fanciful um you know just cuz he's talking about these these mysterious tunnels but like if you if you look up pictures of the Everett mansion you're instantly thinking of underground tunnels you know false doors secret passages like like this place is incredible there's definitely there's definitely some uh, mysterious tunnels under that building. I could totally believe that these dark hooded figures that are seen, you know, the, these these black monks or whatever, or, or the dark monks or whatever they call them, are like um, maybe demonic entities or or the spirits of of satanic worshippers from you know the the mansion's past. Like you you look at this place and you know I mean, I, rec- I recommend you look up pictures of this place cuz you look at this place and you automatically just feel I don't know. I, I get Ghostbuster vibes from this place. Like how how the the apartment complex in Ghostbusters was built by um by uh Ivo Shandor, you know, with the express purpose of bringing um uh oh, what the hell's her name? Gozer the express purpose of bringing Gozer into the world, you know, like they designed it just, just so, um, it could break through the realms and, and, and Gozer could, could come to earth. So I, I, I I don't know. I just get the feeling that this, this Everett mansion was constructed in, in the same way, like, (laughs) or or almost the same way, maybe more of a, uh, the nun vibe. Like they're, they're, they're protecting something, you know, they're, they built, the the, um, they built the mansion over some sort of sacred location, and, and, you know, they've been, in, in the, the, the the buildings past, they, these, you know, these satanic worshippers, maybe even, you know, and there was, like, like the guy said, there was the the theory that, um, Everett's, uh, second wife there was a satanic worshipper, so maybe she was the one who started the cult, I mean... These these are questions that that I'm sure could there there could be answers for you. just gotta know, you know. You just gotta dig for them, and and I sure as hell don't have time to uh, dig for those 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 answers. But when I look at the Everett Mansion, Southern Vermont College campus, I see a um, very very expensive building. You know, they put some serious thought into this. You know, there's like symbolism everywhere and almost like they built it to serve a purpose greater than everett's summer vacations so i don't know and and obviously these these black monks make me believe that even more so i don't know but i completely made that up you know who knows if that's true or not that's just the feeling i get when i look at pictures so but yeah that that's that's haunted Bennington in a nutshell. I mean, there's a there's a collection of of ghost stories. Some, you know, like the Southern Vermont College. You know, like I said, I got tons and tons of stories from the library. Uh, apparently, there was a a nur- You know, they some sort of of nursing school there, where some weird stuff would happen. We didn't, we didn't really talk about the library or the nursing school, or really just focused on the. I think it was what the third floor. In the, the Abbey Room. But like, like I said, I got countless people telling me that weird stuff had happened to them while there. And I even read off some encounters from that blog page. Um, but yeah, Bennington. I mean, at the base, you know, is Bennington such a hot spot for paranormal activity because of the Triangle? Um, or maybe does the Triangle exist because of Bennington? Is, is there something under Bennington, that, that's causing the triangle, that's giving the triangle, you know, its energy. I don't personally believe that. Like I said, I've been doing some some pretty in-depth research into some pretty crazy stuff, um, which I am I will share eventually. My plans have changed over and over again. You know, I planned on doing that episode a few weeks ago, and now it's going to be put off for a while, because, um, well, well, we'll get into it in, in a minute, but... To to finish this this Bennington, uh, topic off, um, I I truly believe that that Bennington's paranormal activity comes from the triangle and specifically Gladstonbury Mountain, you know. But yeah, weird stuff happens all over Bennington. It's one of the oldest cities in America, you know especially on the east coast. I don't exactly know how old I think I think I re- was like 1750s maybe or something like that. So, I mean, that's pretty old. But um yeah. That that's Bennington for you. Haunted Bennington. Now, I didn't plan for this to happen like I said. I know I've been doing some Bennington Triangle stuff for the past few episodes. Now, I didn't plan to do Uh, a Haunted Bennington episode today. However, we are taking a step away from the paranormal. uh, And on next week's show, we're going to have Chris Buckley back on where we are going to discuss, you know, extremism in the United States as well as the possibilities of a second American Civil War. You know, if you're like me, this is a topic that That you won't want to miss. And we're going to see what an ex-KKK member thinks. um, About the possibility of there being a second American Civil War. So that's next week's episode. And this week's episode, Haunted Bennington. I mean, I don't know about you, but that definitely sounds almost canon to me.